episode of the Vinnie Eastwood <laughs> Show, broadcasting live on Republic Broadcasting Network and also KiwiRadio.nz. Go to TheVinnieEastwoodShow.com and click on the little Kiwi Radio Live link when we are live. That's 10 a.m. New Zealand Standard Time just for this month during the uh, time zone switchovers. And uh, 4 p.m. CST uh, will remain static. Now, that's assuming I don't go to prison for standing within two metres of another person in eight days. So there's going to be one more episode of the Vinnie Eastwood show, at least, and I have a list of other hosts and uh, things of that nature to take over my time slot uh, should I uh, spend time in a penitentiary. And that will be a, a new experience for me. Now, uh I would like to advise people now, but just before we get going, my very special guest, uh, uh, Gregory Hugh, who I met at the uh, River of Lies uh, documentary screening uh, about decentralised governance, I would just like to advise people that uh, I'm very much uh, struggling right now. I need uh, $35 in order to make my automatic payments uh, for tomorrow. Uh, I need 5 bucks into the PayPal and uh, 30 bucks into the Kiwi Bank. So if you have PayPal and you have $5, please go to thevinnieeastwoodshow.com and donate $5 so I can uh, withdraw my uh, PayPal money this week, which will allow me to pay my automatic payments and child support and, and things of that nature tomorrow. Very important. Thank you so much uh, for those of you who do support the show on a regular basis. You can go to uh, the thevinnieeastwoodshow.com and you will see on screen uh, the... For those of you who uh, was in the radio uh, listening audience, it's not quite so beneficial, but uh, on screen for the video listeners, you can see the Kiwi Bank and uh, you can also become a Patreon of my band, Vinny and the Vendettas, who make the, uh, the music for the show. All right, so that's the uh, basic housekeeping out of the way. Greg, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Vinny. It's nice to be here, mate. And um, I actually, it's quite an honour to be on your show, just to tell you the truth, yeah. Oh, thanks, bro. I get that a lot. Um, we, <laughs> we, we we have a, um, a, a kind of penchant on the show for uh, uh, having a little bit of fun and, and, and what have you, because, you know, just because you're living in a high-tech global police state run by child trafficking Satanists doesn't mean you can't have a few laughs, you know. Um, and I, I've got i don't know maybe i don't know maybe maybe i'm i'm, I'm mentally ill or something or, or maybe i'm just bright enough to realize the fabric of the universe that <sighs> serious information will always be serious and just because you make jokes about it doesn't make it any less serious what it means is you're going to have a trigger of an endorphin rush through your system to help you shed your fear of it, okay? The famous TV show, Doctor Who, I was uh, enlightened by a uh, fellow talk radio show host on American Freedom Radio back in the day, Sean David Morton, that the way Doctor Who survives and fights his innumerable and uh, incredibly horrific enemies across time and space is he uses humour he makes jokes out of these terrible threats 
that he's dealing with in order to be able to deal with them. So that's the point of the show, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not here to, you know, wake you up and make you all informed and things of that nature. I'm just here to help you do what must be done so that you don't lose your sanity whilst you are learning about these various things that you haven't previously been taught by the mainstream education and media systems. So, Gregory, thank you so much for joining us today. Would you please, uh, long form is, is the idea. We've got a, a good uh, nearly 20-minute segment here. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about who you are, what it is you do, and go into your ideas for the audience, please, mate? Right. Um, well, let's just uh, talk about the last three years. Um, and it was encapsulated in a phrase I heard the other day, from straw man to lawman. And that's pretty much, that was, that's part of my journey here. Um, I've lived in New Zealand now for 40 odd years. Um, I've done a great many things, but um, really the important part here is learning the law. Um, and, uh, and I think this should be taught in schools. It's one of the things that isn't taught, um, really what the law is all about and who we are as people. And um, whenever I talk publicly, I, um, I talk as the living man. Um, all, we are all living men and women, and uh, we stand as equals. We stand under the law, and the law is God's law, natural law. Uh, Mark Passow refers to it as natural law, but it's the common law, the ancient common law of the people. We stand under this law, and, the, and there's only one law, do no harm. Don't steal life. Uh, freedom, property, or uh, well-being from anybody. And that's all we actually need. So, um, yeah, I, um, I've been involved in the freedom movement here for, you know, as I say, the last three years um, and spoken publicly. Just a little bit of background um, because um, of who you are, where I met you. Um, many years ago, I had a, an American-style restaurant, um, Roadhouse, up in uh, northern New Zealand. And uh, Billy TK uh, came in one day and he said, I'd love to do a gig here. And because um, it was, you know, it's perfect. And so we, had, we did the biggest event in that's ever been in the north there. I think we had 300 people, like a day festival. And uh, Billy with his band, his rock band, and we played music all day. It was great. And then I met you at um, down in Auckland at a protest down there. When, I think it was the first protest. And I tapped Billy on the shoulder and I said, you're not going to remember me, but you're going to remember the gig you did up at um, the Texas Diner. And um, uh, he turned around and get, oh, God, yeah, that was fantastic. And we've been friends ever since. And um, that's why I met you. You were leading the protest at the time. <laughs> um, yeah, funny thing of that. And uh, so, yeah, that's yeah a little bit about myself. There's a lot more, of course, but... Um, we don't have a week. So um, what would you like to ask me? Well, the reason why we had you on the show is uh, decentralised governance. Now, now, of course, uh, you know, both obviously students of Mark Pansio, uh, governe means to control. That's the uh, Latin for govern. And yep. mente means the mind, which uh, mm -hmm. so government, governamente means mind control. So I was thinking about this concept here. Do we have the ability to have systems in place that can help 
things not go into complete chaos, yet not be ruled over? And of course, the answer to that would be making people aware of and start voluntarily adhering to the tenets of natural law, or what's what's known as karmic law, uh, which has basically one main premise, as Mark uh, put it, is that it will be true when the universe began, and it will be true when the universe ends. That's a universal truth, and this is the universal truth that we must abide by. You cannot take that which does not belong to you. So please, go ahead. Yeah, exactly. And as I've, I've just stated, um, we, um, the, we, well, we can, we can set in place, and we are, and it's already being set in place here in New Zealand, um, alternative um, parallel structures. Um, these are the uh, common law groups. And, um, well, there are, you know, a, a lot of assemblies. Um, and so, it comes down to um, using the the natural law, do no harm. And so uh, my, my um, vision or vision of many others, in fact, now a lot of people are talking about decentralized governance. Do we actually need a government? Um, if we stand as equals and we stand supreme on this land or on this earth, do we need people ruling over us at all? Um, or can we rule and can we just... Um, govern ourselves, I, I guess you would call it. So in other words, governance from the bottom up. Um, and this is not new. This is We're going back way into the past here, where um, in ancient societies, uh, especially in England and such, the Celtic societies, the Anglo-Saxons, they had their uh, local meetings and any laws were created by the people for the people. And this is what we've got to get back to. Um, so, yeah, the... Um, We've already started setting up the um, the structure for a decentralised governance. And so what comes next are regional um, common law courts of justice. And we've already got the... Um, um, the um, a preta- uh, a, um, what do you call it? Um, so they're in the common law court of... The International Common Law Court of Justice, and this was Kevin Annette um, dealing in, with the children in Canada... And um, so there's, there's also already a precedent, was the word I was looking for, already a precedent for these um, local uh, or regional courts of justice, um, which include um, records, courts of record as well, and um, where the people can, get, can settle their own disputes. So we're looking here at um, uh, many, and the, uh, the idea here is to uh, create a structure that can't be corrupted because the, the, the problem with all democracies, with all government, is centralised power. Anywhere you centralise power, you're going to get corruption. It's too easy to do, especially if you're ruthless um, and, dare I say, psychopaths. Um, it's too easy to do. Either the people involved um, are corrupted by um, their own sense of superiority or... They are corrupted from without bribery, blackmail or threat. Um, you know, if somebody points a gun at, you, at your family or threatens your family, um, what are you going to do? So the problem is the intrinsic flaw in um, centralised and uh, centralised power, centralised governance. 
we have, and there's only, as I said, there's only one way to um, to avoid this is to decentralise all power, put it back in the hands of the people. So, in other words, the um, the model that I think I started talking to you about was um, a um, a great many. Here, let's, we're talking about New Zealand here. Let's um, create local shires. We'll call them shires. This was uh, historically goes back to England. and um, But have a lot of them. You know, we could have 500 of them. And so um, local issues are dealt with in the local areas. Um, and again, we're dealing, we, you have to keep in mind that we're dealing with this law, God's law, natural law of do no harm. And um, if everybody is held to that and all local laws are made um, consistent with that, um, then um, I can see it working. I can see the whole thing working here. We don't need millions of laws. I think in, in America, there's something like six million laws on the book. Um, seriously, how can anybody deal with that? We actually only need this common law. So keep that, over, that, keep that in mind that um, everybody now is dealing in good faith um, dealing like in the old days, a handshake was a man's word, or man's word was his um, was his bond and his handshake. So, um, do you know why yeah, uh, people yeah. actually uh, shook hands back in the day? And it was to show that they weren't holding a weapon, that they come yeah. in peace. Yeah, um, yeah. I actually. Um, I use a warrior's handshake, which is the this one. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, I digress. So yeah, the idea here is this: this, this model is actually really quite quite simple. So everybody's operating in uh, under natural law, and um, so we've got many of these local, um, we'll call them shires, and then for national issues, they vote on national issues at the local level, and then they send. One, and I'll call him a presentative to a like a national congress, whatever you want to call it. And there'd be about 500 of these. And they but this has to be totally transparent. These positions, these presentatives are transitory. Um, They can they um, can be instantly recalled Their Whatever. However, they vote is recorded. It's open. There's no secrecy here. So the, um, the Shire knows exactly how their presentative has voted on any issue. There are too many of them to corrupt from the outside. And because there's, um, there's no um, status from, to be gained from this presentative, he's simply, rep- he's simply presenting the views of the people. So this is bottom-up, um, yeah, bottom-up... Um, Governance, you know, it's, governance, it's, yeah, governance, yeah, brought about governance, yeah, um, for the people, by the people, and um, and it should be if it's transparent, it should be incorruptible, and uh, that's what we need. And as I see it, I, um, I can't see any other way for this to work because anywhere you're going to concentrate power, and I go into it in great deal. I've um, I've written a, you know a document. I think I sent you the document. I went into it in a, a great deal of. Um, um, thought as to how this would actually work, and um, yeah, I, I think it could. I think it could actually work this way. 
So the structure could, you know, could be easily, um, it, I mean, the structure is almost there already. We've already got electorates. It's just a matter of redistributing the, um, the numbers here. And um, let's go back to um, what, we, what we could in the old days, decentralized power for the people. So I, I see in the overlay here, you've got the uh, capacity for large amounts of people to maintain control over not only themselves, but their regions, their localities, communities, and uh, things of that nature. So the, the more people are, the smaller the area really becomes that it's governed. So, for example, central Auckland has, uh, I, I don't know, 100,000 people, give or take, uh, within its uh, general vicinity, Hearn Bay or whatever. Too many people for one person to represent. Because uh, what's the chance that you're going to be able to talk to 100,000 people? People today, all right, and, and and hear all their views and things of that nature. So, um, more likely, I think it's going to be far, 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 far smaller, like a portion of a street. Uh, the back in the day, we had in Auckland borough councils, and how it worked was, you'd be living on a street. Let's say it's Buckley Street or whatever, and you. Every week, have a meeting with the street, okay? Bonfire or, or whatever, and few beers, and you just talk about the issues of the street, which street lights are out, are there too many cars speeding by, is it too bright, do people need blackout, whatever. And one guy, uh, who's the representative for that particular section of the street, would then have a monthly meeting, with all the other guys in the particular uh, council area that were the representatives for their streets. So you have direct connection, only two degrees of uh, separation between the people who are living there and the people who are representing them. They, they know them by the name, they see them every week, and that kind of thing uh, limits corruption because it increases community. And they found this in a small Mexican town that uh, went a bit uh, anarchist for a while. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, anarchist means you're against controllers. Um, and uh, they followed a, a very similar model. And crime, just in general, murders, rapes, burglaries, theft, uh, uh, so on and so forth, they, they virtually disappeared. They even outlawed campaigning. They, they had uh, political representatives from the local Mexican government coming in trying to get people's votes, and they had their own local appointed sheriff who would point a gun at them and, and say, get those pamphlets the hell out of here, bro. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah, we've got to do it. Um, I mean, a lot of people talk about um, nonviolent, non-compliance, and, yeah, we, we can't get violent. Um, there's, no, there's no way you can do that. Uh, they have the guns. They have the enforcement. Um, in fact, um, I was thinking the other day, I mean, we've, we've got the banksters who actually run the whole show. They run the corporations and the governments. Um, you've got the pranksters who are the, uh, the politicians and the department heads and the health officials and such. And, um, and then you've got the gangsters and the gangsters are the enforcers, you know. So um, that's pretty much the model we've got at the moment. And it's not working. It hasn't worked for a long time. I spoke recently about uh, voting. You know, are we going to vote? And, and a lot of the freedom movement especially are walking a very tight path at the moment. 
and they don't know which way to, to step off. Um, yeah, exactly. They don't know whether to vote or not vote, um, you know, and, um, and I'll put in a plug for the New Zealand um, NZ Loyal Party here. Um, I, uh, I actually joined the party originally, and but underneath I wrote that I wasn't going to vote for any party because why would I support a system that hasn't worked in 100 years and um, is um, um, fraudulent? It's corrupt. It's corrupted to the core. Also, um, Pascio was talking about this. He says there's a difference between a politician and a privatician, right? Because uh, if you've got this system that's all set up like this, you're not going to all of a sudden make it like this, you know? What's this? It's a dead one of these. And um, the thing about it here is you need and this has been the lesson of history, to make these gradual changes. And so what Liz Gunn has been doing, or at least according to my uh, partner, Rebecca, who's been uh, uh, listening to all of Mark Passio's podcast, is uh, she's acting, acting more like a privatician, somebody who is trying to get this system to stop doing what it's doing and return it to that, well, for lack of a better term, decentralised governance to a large degree. Party policy seems to uh, uh, be very much along those lines. And, uh, yeah, uh, that's that's good. And I'm kind of like thinking, how many other freedom parties are there and uh, what are they doing? But the real question is, are they privatitions or are they politicians? Are they trying to get rid of this system and... Uh, that's all that really needs to be done. If you've got hierarchical systems of control and they're the ones causing all the problems, all you've got to do is just get rid of them. Yeah, there's, um, there's a few people who think they can fix the system. But um, as I see it, the, um, the system is intrinsically flawed by this centralised power. Anywhere you've got power, it's just too easy to corrupt. And, um, and yeah, Liz is doing a really great job there of exposing the, um, the corruption um, and, that, and not just in government. And yes, I like your your um, comparison there. Um, most poli- most of them that are out there at the moment um, are professional politicians. They'll tell you everything you want to hear, and then they'll go and do what they're told by, um, well, literally by the banksters. So. Um, and by the and way, the ladies with- and gentlemen, um, he's, he's not talking figuratively here. This is actually quite literal. Um, in Alistair Barry's uh, documentary, Someone Else's Countries, we had a number of New Zealand politicians all consecutively, as soon as the day that they are elected, the next day they are brought into the Prime Minister's office by the Head of Treasury that says, and this is Prime Minister after Prime Minister, congratulations. However... All these promises that you've made, if you keep any of them and don't do what we tell you, we're going to collapse the economy and we'll make sure that people blame you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, our politicians are not in control of this country. And um, I think that's uh, pretty evident to anybody in the um, truth medium, in the freedom movement. um, So the... um, and it's the same thing, like even uh, if New Zealand Loyal was to get um, a great, you know, a great number of, of votes in, in the population, um, they've still contracted by registering their party. They've contracted to the government. And now we're getting actually into legal law. 
And uh, once you contract, they you're now subject to all acts and statutes. And um, uh, and again, I, as I be- I believe that um, MPs entering Parliament have to actually take an oath of allegiance to the Crown. Now, the Crown, of course, is well, not it, who we think it is. Specifically, uh, specifically, the Crown and all their successors. Yeah, perpetuity. Yeah. yeah, but this Crown that they take the oath to is not the Crown of England. This is the Crown Corporation. This is Her Majesty the Queen in right of New Zealand. This is... um... Oh, unfortunately, we seem to have uh, lost Greg there for a second. Uh, We'll come back to him in just a moment. And what he's talking about here is how the Crown legal system basically is a fictional entity. It's, it's called the uh, Queen and Right of New Zealand. And you can look this up on the Securities and Exchange Commission in the United States. If you want to get into the background, the password is 8888. Um, and this is essentially a, uh, a ruse, more, more or less, that uh, – oh, Greg's back. I'm just uh, going to yeah, finish sorry. this point, point here. Just to explain to people about the, uh, the Queen and Right of New Zealand um, – and how essentially what you can do is you can take what is previously known as government for the people, of the people, by the people, and government of the corporations, for the corporations, by the corporations. And that's more or less how it works. Now, in order to do that, you need to turn a living man or a living woman with their own spirit and their own consciousness into a dead entity. That's where we get corpse. That's where corporation comes from they're dead entities now if you have a dead entity uh you would uh, think of this on the stock market okay like a, a stock receipt and if you've got a birth certificate you'll notice it's got a little barcode on there or a little uh, a number or a serial number or something of that nature that's what a stock receipt is when you buy a cow or a chicken or something like that they are live stock Okay, and that is precisely what they've turned us into with this governance structure. All right, that big old Illuminati all-seeing eye pyramid just going, ha, 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 laughing at you, laughing at me, and getting away with all this scumbaggery. Can I just make a, a comment on that? So it all comes down to consent. Um, the um, The corporate corporation acts and statutes it's all about it's all business it's all commerce all legal um, laws are about commerce it's about literally fleecing the um, the stock <laughs> shearing the stock you might say um, well I, I, I'm and, so sorry uh, to interrupt um, but uh, I, I looked up recently the definition of racketeering okay yeah that's, that's this isn't commerce this is racketeering yeah yeah, yeah. They get they've gone way past commerce now. Um, it's it is it is racketeering. You're absolutely right. Um, but the the point I want to make here is that without our consent, right? In other words, without our contract, they cannot. Um, we are not subject to their acts and statutes. As living men and women, we have supreme authority on this land, and until we contract and become the straw man. This is what you were talking about before, the straw man, the, um, the fiction, the, uh, the legal entity 
dead legal entity or the stock. Um, so the the um, the thing to take away from this is stand who you are as a living man or woman. Stand and and simply say I do not consent. This is what non-compliance is actually all about. Do not consent. And uh, and of course they try to trick you um, with all of their contracting. And uh, and you can be you can be tricked in many ways. Um, and to give you an example, um, when when stopped on the roadside by the boys in blue, um, you the first thing they ask you is your name and address. This is contracting. When you answer their questions, when you don't answer their questions and be silent, um, you are contracting. It's considered contract. And you are now subject to all acts and statutes. Now, the um, we simply have to stand as who we are, supreme authority on this earth, as living men and women. This is God given. This is your inalienable rights. Um, these are your human. What, well, I won't use the word human, but these are your rights as living man. Indeed. And Greg will be right back after the break. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Vinnie Eastwood Show. Thank you very much for doing so. We'll be right back on republicbroadcasting.org and the vinnieeastwoodshow.com. Make a donation today and we'll be right back with you any moment now. I feel frustrated. Yeah. But I'm not complaining. Oh, I feel frustrated. You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Corporate media dominates the American opinion. Finding independent voices that counter this avalanche is becoming increasingly difficult. With the endless corruption running rampant throughout our government, independent voices are needed more than ever to battle the offensive against our freedoms and liberties. As a listener of RBN, no one understands this concept better than you. Now it's up to you to do your part. The time has come for you to take action and begin broadcasting the truth to hundreds or thousands of people every month. Sound impossible? Quite the contrary. With pointed slogans from LibertyStickers.com, you can reach countless sleeping Americans unaware that they live in a real-life wonderland. LibertyStickers.com has a huge inventory of political bumper stickers and messages that reflect the truth about our government, our politicians, and the future of America. With so many in stock, there's one perfect for you. Visit us today at LibertyStickers.com. Again, that's LibertyStickers.com. Do your part. Your voice is important. Let it be heard. This is Elizabeth McCabe, a.k.a. Lucky One of True Frequency News. I wanted to tell you all about Extendivite from HeartDrop.com. Y'all know I check everything before I air it. When I heard about Extendivite on TFR, I went to HeartDrop.com and started my research. It's got cayenne. That's good for blood and circulation. It stimulates the blood flow. It's got garlic, which fights bacteria like antibiotics, and it lowers the cholesterol and blood pressure. It also has milk thistle, which is the best detox for liver. I couldn't wait to try it out, and I'm glad I did four months ago. And here's the obvious results. 
My hands and feet don't get cold anymore. The varicose veins have faded too. My wrists don't hurt after typing all day. Now I tell you all this because it's true and I want you to really live life. Try Extendivite. Go to heartdrop.com and order it. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply of either capsules or liquid. Call now. That's 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendovite. The secret to aging like fine wine is in the vines. Syrah grape seeds and skins contain high levels of flavonoids and resveratrol. Fermentation breaks these organic compounds down into smaller molecules, penetrating these therapeutic ingredients deeper into the skin, delivering faster and more effective results. Our handmade fermented skincare products are formulated with all natural ingredients and do not contain any phthalates or parabens. Similar products can cost as much as $180. At Natural Earth Medicine, we source our ingredients from local Arizona vineyards and cold process our oils to ensure that our customers receive the highest quality product in its purest form. Learn more at our website and try our fermented skincare products today. Visit naturalearthmedicine.com. That's naturalearthmedicine.com. Welcome back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the fastest hour in talk radio. It's the Vinnie Eastwood Show. It's been going for quite some time, ladies and gentlemen, since 2008. We have been doing this broadcast. Uh, Originally went out there uh, going to protests and public meetings with a camera before the advent of live radio and streaming and all of this kind of stuff was uh, possible. So now you could do the same job uh, with minimal effort by comparison to how much it took you know, 200,000 hours of editing back in the day. So anyway, there is a long track record of the Vinnie Eastwood show and thousands upon thousands of different guests that we've had talking about hundreds and hundreds of different topics. So go to the com and click on the latest tab and you will have access to all of the Vinnie Eastwood show stuff, ladies and gentlemen, and have have a look at all the uh, people that we've been interviewing over the years about so many different things. The reason why we do this is because you might not necessarily know what's of interest to you. Just keep listening to the Vinnie Eastwood show and every episode you'll be learning about something completely different. And what this does is it gives you perspective, allows you to stop living in a malaise of ignorance. Speaking of which, Billy TK and myself, uh, the verdict for our crimes of uh, standing within two meters of another human being is going to be due on the 10th of October. That's coming up in about eight days at the time of this broadcast. So if anybody is capable of coming down there to the High Court at 10 a.m. on the 10th of the 10th, 
to support us, please do so. And I would also appreciate uh, you sharing that fact with uh, the local New Zealand alternative media um, who largely uh, have not shown up uh, to support us or given any coverage to our plight, despite what it means for the country as a whole. We're talking about whether or not you have the right to protest, whether or not you have the right to gather Okay, this is this is all on the line here. And as what happened with Alex Jones and the deplatforming era, once that happened to him and there wasn't enough noise and there wasn't enough consequences for the establishment, the establishment takes it as a big thumbs up from all of you. Yeah, jail people for protesting. I'm facing three months prison. And Billy TK is facing four months prison. So if you could go to com and click on that big blue, the day democracy died banner, you can watch the 30-minute documentary that I made about that day. And I very much hope that you uh, share that out with people and turn up to our court case as well. My very special guest, Gregory Hugh, has been uh, silently waiting there in the background. Greg, welcome back, brother. I'm glad to be back, mate. Yeah. Oh, what? Cool. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. What would you? Yeah. Would you like to ask me some questions? <laughs> okay. Um, so the uh, first question I'd like to ask is: If you're talking about a, a decentralised governance model, what are the countermeasures that you have in place? Because the establishment won't just let go of power and you're saying don't use violence and i completely agree it comes from the latin valare which means to violate um and therefore you can't use it but you can use defensive force and if we are under attack and then they're killing people left right and center with their various means and scumbaggery uh, people have a right to uh, self-defense okay well you're absolutely right um in fact um i've uh, been doing some workshops on all aspects of defence, how to defend ourselves against corporate attack, against um, environmental, the, the poisons in the environment, um, the all sorts. Of, we're, we're being attacked from every direction. And um, one of them, of course, is the law. And um, that's one way is to learn a little bit about the law and um, how to conduct yourself. And this is, I come back to what I was saying, know how to stand as the living man. Um, it's, um, I think it's important to, um, to understand the legal law and how it pertains to you and how they, um, how they trap you into becoming subject to their, literally their rules, their corporate rules. Um, so in terms of the um, decentralised governance, um, it's already in place. We're, I, we're not challenging, not me, not anybody else. Um, in this movement is challenging the government. Um, the, the government can do what it wants to do. Um, we, the people, we have the numbers. We just need to do what we want to do and uh, to create the systems and the structures that we want. And we do it en masse. Um, it's been, always been about numbers. Um, you started the show talking about um, we need to um, make people aware of what's happening um, so that we can, yeah, literally create the sort of world that we want to create. Um, no, we're not 
um, we don't want to challenge anybody. Uh, we um, there's there is nothing to be gained. In fact, most you know revolutions and things have ended up worse than what they had originally, because you leave a void. And you're absolutely right. We don't want to leave a void. We need to have these structures in place, and um, these. Um, these community structures are not just about law either. Um, they're all about uh, creating alternatives in uh, schooling, in um, health, in um, energy. There's another one as well. Uh, we need to take responsibility. One of the, um, the things about freedom is that freedom comes with responsibility. And you'll, you'll hear, hear Mark Passio talk a lot about this. Um, I also, Jim Caviezel, who... Um, plays the um, the lead in Tim Ballard's um, um, Sound of Freedom. And um, he, he talks about responsibility. And um, uh, freedom is not the, the choice to do whatever you want. It's to do what you ought. In other words, um, you are bound by very strict laws. I mean, um, in certain areas now, we've, um, friends of mine have been charged with being lawless when they state, well, we're not bound by acts and statutes. And then the, um, they've been said, they've been accused of being lawless. Well, in fact, no, that's not the case. Um, as living men and women, we are strictly bound by God's law, by natural law, to do no harm to others. And so we need to stand um, very securely, but very firmly under this law, um, up and and this this stance of actually who we are. I, I do understand this uh, concept. I mean, but but after after so many years interviewing uh, free man on the land, straw man activists, and and uh, sovereign citizens, and so on and so forth, um, I've determined uh, uh, just via looking at what's happened to them is that you can't gain freedom without significant consequence. And in in this case uh, context, I, I mean, in particular, these people have lost their kids, they've lost their partners, they've lost their homes, their cars, businesses, boats, their social standing, um, and in, in many cases, uh, their, their sanity and their ability to really uh, talk to other people. So these are the unintended consequences of uh, standing up for freedom and, and standing in truth. And I think that uh, these people are basically paving the way for the rest of us, right? The, uh, the, the future is always built upon uh, the backs of those who have come before, and that's why I've always uh, supported these people, but also the, the direct consequences uh, that they're suffering as a result of uh, standing up uh, for themselves, uh, the system doesn't like that. And it doesn't just let it happen, right? There, there, there's inbuilt consequences. So people getting into this for the first time have to know if you decide to do this, it is not going to be an easy road. It may cost you just about everything you've got. And that's what going to war is all about. People forget we are at war, okay? These people have declared war against mankind. They've declared war against God, okay? You think there wouldn't be some kind of consequence to fighting against that? And the whole uh, uh, concept here that I'm talking about 
is courage. You know, yeah. bravery. Okay, can I Back can I just ahead. can I just talk to that? Yeah, um, the people you're referring to, um, the ones that are, are suffering, they're suffering from ignorance, um, and that is ignorance of the law. They um, they don't understand that they're not actually um, uh, bound by these acts and statutes. They think that the law pertains to them. And so they go along with it. And this is actually ignorance. If you lose your home, I mean, well, I'll give you an example um, that uh, if banks foreclose on your home, okay, because you can't pay or whatever, um, the banks actually don't have your title. Okay, when you take out your mortgage, they actually trade your your title. They don't actually have it. And um, I'll probably get myself in real trouble here, but um, um, the it's not the uh, the the whole banking system is a fraud. Okay, and people need to learn this. They need to learn the law. They need to learn that if they stand as a living man, um, now can they use force? Of course, they can use force. And um, this has actually happened to me personally, um, where, yeah, we were literally, I was down in, down at the parliamentary grounds and um, in the, on the first confrontation down there. And uh, I was there educating the police as to their liabilities, not just, not their rights, but their, their liabilities. Without our consent, they are now liable for their actions. They're lawless. They are outside the law if they do not have our consent. And this is the, um, I suppose, one of the most powerful things that we can use to defend ourselves um, by not consenting to their um, their tyranny, which is really what it is. So, um, yeah, this is part of um, the uh, learning how to defend yourself against the, um, the corporates, um, especially. And, um, yeah, so I can't, I've forgotten what I was going to say something else, but I've forgotten what that is. Um, yeah. Well, I was thinking about this, um, if you're defending yourself against the law and what have you, defending yourself just by yourself, you're isolated. You know, this is how predators work. They isolate the prey. And I think mm-hmm. that's probably the difference between a lot of the people who have, um, I wouldn't say failed in the sovereign citizen uh, 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 motif, uh, but I'd say that they'd uh, become uh, victimised rather than uh, uh, being particularly successful. And that's because they don't understand who they're dealing with, okay? You're mm. going into a lawless court telling them what the law is when you know that they don't even follow their own laws, right? And it, that's the thing about psychopathy is uh, there ain't no rules. They, they just do what they do. That is Actually, uh, they, what's they, terrifying they about the scumbaggery. Well, sorry, go ahead. They are bound by rules. Um, they... Um are very much bound by laws of karma. Um, they have their own sense of... This is why the, um, the psychopaths, the, um, the globalists, they have to tell you what they're doing um, ahead of time. And they, they um, broadcast this, and they've been doing it for years, long, a long time. This is all planned. And they've been doing it for a long time. And they, um, they broadcast it. It's right there in front of our face. Nothing um, that we say here is actually hidden. Um, it just people need to open their eyes and go and look. 
Um, and uh, so, um, okay. You <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, you know, it's, it's just one of those mornings. Um, so, yeah, like, yeah. Okay, well, it's about where the, where the rubber meets the road for me. Uh, I mean, uh, ultimately, in the end of the day, uh, these people have uh, exotic technology. Like, I remember learning about psychotronic weapons, you know, yeah. psychological electronic weapons. They could just broadcast a signal through a Wi-Fi router or a cell phone tower or a 5G box or something like that. And the, what were they called? The MK Ultra. part of the experiment was to find out what frequencies work on the human mind and, and what they do. I mean, if, you, if you're in love with your missus, okay, there's a frequency associated with that. If you hate your boss and want to blow his head off, there's a frequency associated with that, okay? And so what they've done is they've mapped all of these out. And then Mark Steele, who's a former electronic weapons designer uh, working for the British government, has come out and he cracked open one of these uh, 5G new light boxes uh, that they're putting in the uh, street lamps and things like that. And he says that there's weapons technology in them. All right, that they that they can broadcast any of those frequencies. Do you want downtown London to go into a frenzied state and start slaughtering each other? You can do it now, right? And that's just yeah. one of the weapons that they've got at their disposal that people aren't even aware that they're probably already using right now, not only on individuals, targeted individuals and things like that as they test out this tech and, and figure out the kinks and what have you so that they can more effectively weaponize it. But what if, in a passive way, the fact that there is Wi-Fi on right now in your house is affecting your frequencies and not in a good way? Right, we, we've got uh, what, what's called full spectrum dominance at play here, and what I think the the human mind, particularly the male mind, tends to do is, and this is what women hate us for sometimes, is that we're not just sitting there listening to you moan about it; we're trying to solve it. Okay, and that is why this world is in such a disarray, because you have all these people, women included, of course, trying to solve these problems, whilst at the same time not necessarily having a look at the whole overlay, and that I could solve this problem, you can solve that problem, but there's still 358 more degrees of the circle of slavery that's around us that we're need other people to know those sectors and to be able to do something about them, right? Call it the tactic of the cactus. Cactus covers itself in spines from all directions so that no matter where you step on it, you'll get a little prick to remind you. I'm one little prick. Gregory's another little prick. And uh, we... <laughs> for me, be so bold. Um, <laughs> but as we speak, uh, people are having meetings People are being given bribes. People are signing documents and, and, and things of that nature. Mark Passio said that the enemies of mankind are so well organized and, this, and their will and their resources so 
massive that the bulk of humanity, by comparison to this, is like a baby with food dribbling down its face up against Bruce Lee in his prime. That's the situation that we're in right now as humanity. We are weak, we are ignorant, we are cowardly, and we are stupid uh, overly. And uh, statistics bore out on this. A, a friend of mine, John, he said that uh, the average IQ of New Zealanders is actually 95. Okay? The average IQ of people in China and North Korea, by example, these are communist states, is 110. Now, why that's significant is because if I've got an IQ of 115, somebody with an IQ of 95 will not actually have the capacity to understand what I've got to say. They physically won't be able to understand it. And when you look at the placards and things like that in the New Zealand election at the moment, uh, let's get our country back on track. We're in it for you. These are simple placations of a moronic population, which New Zealand has. How do we communicate with morons, okay, about natural law. Yeah, well, it comes down to um, to knowledge, doesn't it? It comes down to learning. Um, the first thing, I mean, when I do my workshops, the first thing I, um, I tell them to do is to blow up their television set, throw it away. Right? The television set is a propaganda tool um, and it's, it inhibits you from learning. It saps your time. Um, in, a, in the evening. For Christ's sake, turn it off. I mean, apart from the physical damage it's doing to you, and you're right, they do have weapons, and the television has been weaponized. Um, I think that's um, pretty obvious. Um, yeah, um, what's a radar? You're absolutely right. The tentacles go very deep down into our um, society, right down to our mayoral level. Um, I found out the other day our local... Uh, Mayor is a young globalist, uh, a WEF young globalist. Um, and, you know, um, uh, Klaus Schwab, he'll, he's out there boasting how they penetrated all the governments of the world. Yeah, they're incredibly well organised. They're infinitely financed. Um, it seems impossible. In fact, I think I said to my wife the other day, we actually need a miracle here. Um, yeah, <laughs> whereas, you know, like, you know, a lot of people are waiting for, um, God to save us. Um, but I actually, I think I, I actually said to, um, to the universe, you know, it's time for a miracle here because we damn well need it. And, uh, but in the meantime, we, um, we have to survive and we have to literally, it comes down to defending ourselves. And a lot of it is about knowledge. It's, it's knowing about all the poisons. Um, it's knowing about how they're poisoning us. And I won't go into any more detail there. Um, it's pretty obvious. But it, it, all around us, you know, um, you know, they're laying the poisons. And you probably, many of you know this. Um, so, I, I mean, I try to not get into the fear side of it and um, to get depressed about it um, because we either give up or we, or we fight. And, um, but they are, there is hope here is that they are, they do seem to be bound by the law, their own law. And the law is actually the law of commerce. And they actually don't want to destroy that. So, um, if you know about equity and if you know about trusts and you know about, 
um, how the law works. And it's all business. Every aspect of our life, it's all about business. Um, and the corporates are involved in this, of course. They're all involved in it. Uh, so um, all I can say is, yeah, um, yeah, turn off your television set um, and start doing some research, people. And, um, yeah, there's a whole lot of us, a whole lot of people who will simply um, go home. They're too tired. They're too poor. They, um, they've got to work. I mean, we, we've got to ask ourselves some basic questions here. Um, do we need governments? Do we actually have to work um, to survive? I mean, I'm, I made a choice a long time ago. I grew up um, in a, um, I won't say actually where, but um, in an upper class uh, suburb. And um, I was, um, yeah, literally, literally could have been become a lawyer or a doctor. But I chose to opt out because I could see, even as a teenager, that if I, um, I wouldn't actually have to earn a lot of money if I didn't want to play their game. If I moved out into the country, and I went, I actually went homesteading out in um, out in the country, and uh, I had nothing, you know, I had my wife and a young child, and um, we learned a whole lot, and you learn very quickly um, when you when you take leaps like that. Um, you know, some time ago, a few years ago, we um, we took a big leap and uh, went to teach in China. Um, you know, and there was lots of stories on the internet about, you know, China. But we'd met some friends who um, had uh, gone there for a year to teach, and they said it was such an exhilarating experience. We ended up going there for one year and ended up staying for six years in the same place. Um, in, a nor in a city, we got treated like celebrities. Um, I'll certainly never get treated that way again. Um, we got taken out to, you know, to dinners and taken on tours, and we travelled extensively through China. Um, but if this was at a time, this was about eight years ago now, I guess, and this was a time when they were bringing in, this was Xi Jinping, um, and uh, they were bringing in full surveillance on every street corner. Um, you know, there was the surveillance for the cameras. And, um, and the people themselves, people are lovely. Everywhere we travel, people in China, I mean, you know, the problems are always with governments. They're not with the people of these countries. It doesn't matter where you go. The people are lovely. They're, they all want the same things that we do. And um, so um, this was also the time when uh, I I was teaching history and culture. Sorry, do you want to? Well, this is actually want... the end of the show, mate. Oh, really? Yeah, okay, I well, told you. We'll just keep talking. <laughs> yes, this is, this is the fastest hour in talk radio, ladies and gentlemen. Gregory, quickly, where can people find you and your work? Well, um, I actually don't have much of a presence. A um, long time ago, I decided I, I didn't want social presence at all. Um, but uh, if they really wanted to contact me, they could um, perhaps through you, they can contact you. And um, I don't have a website and I don't have a Twitter account and I don't have Facebook. I, I think I deleted my Facebook um, account. Um, yeah, I don't actually want my, I, you know, I like my privacy and I, and I want my privacy. And this, and coming on your show is <laughs> an antithesis, antithesis to that. Um, I'd probably just painted a big target on the back. But um, one can only hope. But All right, well, sometimes. Every time I came back. 
uh, to the U.S. I was so disappointed with the coffee, so I figured that I had to do something about it. The biggest difference is really is on the beans and the roasting process, how we roast it and how fresh it is. The fresher the roast, the better the quality. Here I have like all, all of the coffee that's roasted within one to two days prior to being shipped. So it literally gets to consumer's house within three to five days after being roasted. If you like coffee, you have to try ours. It's fresh roasted. It's one of the best beans that we can get. And you will definitely see the difference. Visit blackoutcoffee.com and use the coupon code REPUB10. That's REPUB10. You can't handle the truth. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit republicbroadcasting.org today because you can handle the truth.